God is still God. We've been talking about this. This is the fifth week in this series. Next week is the sixth and final in this series, maybe. You never know. But God is still God. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with Peter out on the water. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as we're about to look at. He was with the prodigal son. And he is with you. God is still God. If you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices that you're looking at, or if you're grabbing the Bible underneath the chair in front of you, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 3, I believe in the Bibles that are in the chairs, it's on page 875. This is um, familiar if you've been around the church for any length of time, and maybe even if you haven't. I, I was trying to do a little research, and also I uh, asked my research assistant, my wife, um, you know, just what, what's some stuff? Are there some songs, et cetera? And, and uh, the song that we sang just a little while ago was part of that search, and it was one that I knew. It was like, oh, yeah. But it was funny. There were songs about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through um, Veggie Tales. I was tempted to have us do that one this morning. There was one from the 30s, the big band era. Maybe it was the 40s. I don't know. Those were both way before my time. Seriously, don't, don't look so surprised. And it was not a Christian group, and it was this band playing, and this guy singing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was actually very clever. My most surprising one, though, was the Beastie Boys did not just a song, but a video about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Actually, it was pretty well done. I didn't think you'd appreciate it, so we're not showing it. But one of the things that struck me, and those of you who are going, who are the Beastie Boys? Google it, or if you're not sure how to do that, find somebody without gray in their hair when the service is over and ask them to show you. What struck me, though was this story, this account in Scripture, crosses all ages and all types. And even those who don't acknowledge God are impacted by this story. Because you see, God is still God. He was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you think your circumstances are hot, wait till you listen to this. Daniel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar. And that's just a fun name to say, by the way. It's okay to enjoy certain names. He made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth was 6 cubits. It was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. When King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come, in other words, everybody, to the dedication of this image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
And then the satraps, prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and the jazz band, in other words, when you hear this sound, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Now just to get the image, the burning fiery furnace was set up near where this all took place. They could see it and if they were near enough they could feel it. It was probably similar to a, 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 a fire in a brick uh, furnace type thing that they would set up to bake uh, pottery and bricks and so on. And bricks were done normally in 1600 degrees and higher, just to give you a picture of this. And whoever does not fall down shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. There we go. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the people's nations and languages fell down and worshiped the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward, maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who bears, who hears the sound of the hornpipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the burning, fiery furnace." There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought so they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? I'll call time out and let me insert. If you go back into chapter 2, verse 47, Nebuchadnezzar at that moment acknowledged Jehovah God and said that he was above the others. He forgot awful quickly, which seems to happen to us sometimes as well. Verse 15, now if you are ready when you hear the sound of the hornpipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Now listen carefully. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But 
if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. If you don't hear anything else, hear that, verse 18. But if not, we're hoping God saves us from that fiery furnace, but if he doesn't, we still serve him. We're hoping not to get burnt, but even if we do, we're going to keep serving God, Jehovah God. Even if he doesn't, we pray for a lot of things for our way, the way we would hope, even the way we think it should be at times. The question is, if it doesn't go that way, what will you do? If it doesn't go that way, what happens to your faith? Even if he doesn't, that's the kind of faith that this whole series is talking about. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. The expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it is usually heated. So you do the math from the figures I gave you earlier. He ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Just let me ask this question. If the furnace was like nine, ten thousand degrees, why did they have to tie them up? Just curious. Then these men, verse 21, were bound in their cloaks and their tunics and their hats and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. Don't you kind of think if you would have been in there, sorry, interruption again, that you would have said to Nebuchadnezzar, no, why don't you come in here? <laughs> I, maybe I'm the only one that thought that. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's counselors all gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, so evidently they weren't bald. Their cloaks were not harmed and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. 
Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the, Sh the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. That's quite a turnaround for Nebuchadnezzar. The issue that we face today, and we ask the question as we've asked every week, how did we get here? And to understand how we get in situations where we feel we're being pushed to bow down to the wrong things. Sometimes we bow because of outside pressure. Others are pressuring us. Friends, relatives, bosses, medical personnel, whatever it might be. And sometimes we bow because we just want to fit in. Another song that would have gone well is the classic Russ Taff, Not Gonna Bow. One of the verses talks about a kid named Bobby who just wanted to fit in. Sometimes we bow to the wrong stuff because we just want to fit in. And sometimes we bow because it seems everyone else is bowing. You see, it's easy to bow, but it's often difficult to stand. Don't worry that others do not agree and won't stand with you. Faith in Christ does not require that you have anyone else agree with you. You just need to agree with him. Whether anybody else is joining you or not. Just make sure you're in agreement with Christ and stand for him. So what do we do when that pressure comes? When we're being urged, pushed, commanded, forced to bow down. What do we do? Number one, know the truth. That means you got to know the word. You got to be in the word. Read the Bible. Study it. Listen to others who know the word. But if you don't know the truth, you're not going to follow the truth. Know the truth. Secondly, stand for what is right and true. Stand for the right things. Make sure what you stand for matters. Be courageous, even when it's hot. And give a clear testimony. Here's why I'm standing. There wasn't much doubt about why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing, was there? <laughs> I mean, even to the king... They explained it, though they said, we don't have to explain, but let me explain it to you. God is God, and he is still God, and that's who I stand for. That's who I follow. That's who I love. That's who gave his life for me. That's who's forgiven me. That's whose grace I live in. That's whose Holy Spirit I am now empowered by. Give a clear testimony. Don't mumble. Give a clear testimony. Don't hide. Give a clear testimony with your words and your actions. Make sure your words and your actions match up. Say it, show it, and share it. So what can we learn from this? What can we learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What can we learn from those times we feel that we're being forced to bow to the wrong stuff or we just feel ourselves yielding to what we know we shouldn't? Number one, 
know and learn the lesson you are never alone. No matter how hot it is or how lonely it appears, God is with you. And the other thing is, there are others not bowing, even if you can't see it. There are others supporting you, even if you can't see them. There are others praying for you, even if you can't hear their prayers. It's one reason that I tell you to let other people know if you're praying for them, because they need that encouragement. They need to know when it gets tough in the middle of the week that somebody's got their back. That's one reason every Sunday morning I send a few texts out some, to some pastors letting them know I prayed for them. And I love because I get some also. It's an encouragement. You are not alone. Secondly, you need to learn the lesson that obedience wins over conformity. In case you're not sure what conformity is, it means going along with the crowd or whatever seems popular. Philip's translation in the New Testament says, be not conformed. Don't fit into the world's mold, but be transformed by God, His Holy Spirit, through the renewing of your mind. Know the truth. Know that you are never alone and be obedient to what you know you should do. No matter how popular you think conforming will make you. And make sure you learn the lesson that standing for convictions will impact others. Even the king was impacted by the fact that they didn't bow. How many others did you notice when they got out of the furnace? It wasn't just the king. Everybody else crowded around. Everybody else noticed. Probably was reaching out to touch him. It's still true today. Being courageous and standing for what you know to be true, the right convictions and truth of Christ and his word will impact others so that somebody else might stand. I love the teacher who talked about in the elementary class just asking, you know, trying to encourage the class and said, if anybody in here, you know, feels that they're stupid, and probably not the best phrasing of the teacher but they did it anyway and if you feel that way I want you to know you're not and I'm with you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to encourage you and if you're feeling that way just stand up nobody stood up I'm not surprised I mean who wanted to stand up and go I am stupid but after a little bit one kid stood up and the teacher called him by name Dennis I know this story. Do you think you're stupid? No, ma'am, but I didn't want you standing all alone. <laughs> you see, when we stand for something, others are impacted, and it may encourage them to stand for what they already believe, what they already know to be true. What do you need to be standing for right now? where you work or in your neighborhood or your home or at your school with your friends. 
Last question. What are our next steps? Any guess on number one? Pray. It'll be number one next week too. Only let me add this. I mean really pray. Don't say you're going to pray. Pray. We say we're going to pray a lot more than we pray. If we would pray half as much as we say we're going to pray, we'd change the world. So let's pray. When we're being called, forced, coerced to bow down, pray. Not just for yourself, but for all others who are in that circumstance. Secondly, know what you stand for. And let me tell you, you need to figure that out ahead of time. So that when the pressure's on, you don't have to pause. You just stand. In the army, they drill over and over and over certain scenarios. So much that the, that the soldiers get so sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over. But they do it to train them mentally and physically, muscle memory. So that when that circumstance comes, they don't have to think, they just act. They do the same thing in athletics to train that simple drill over and over and over. Till the players are so tired of doing it, but then when it happens in the game, when the pressure is on, they do it automatically. The same thing is true spiritually. Know what is right so that when the pressure comes, you know what to do immediately. Number three, stand for what is right. Stand, be courageous. Know you're not alone as we already talked about. Know that obedience always wins over conformity. Number four, trust God's promises. But make sure you realize that to trust them, you got to know them. Which is why we started earlier with know the truth. You can't trust what you do not know. Know God's promises and then trust them. And last, be bold in your faith. Be bold in your faith. It will encourage others. Be bold in your faith and be able to say as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, even if it doesn't go the way I hope, even if I get burned in this situation, even if I don't get healed, even if I don't get that job, even if I still stand with God. And let me add one other one. Because there may be some here this morning that the next step you need to take is to repent of already bowing. Because God may be showing you this morning of some place where you've bowed where you shouldn't have. If you have, repent. Confess it. Lord, I sinned. I, I bowed to the wrong stuff. I either didn't realize it or I just didn't want the hassle and realize just like every other story we've looked at in this series before this one, that God stands with open arms, the father with the prodigal, welcoming you in when you do that. You don't have to wonder. It's a fact. So let me ask you, who or what are you bowing to today? Who or what are you giving into that you know you shouldn't?
I'm going to read that thing I read earlier again. Only I need your participation this time. Every time I point at you, I need you to say, God is still God. Not with timid voices, not with your indoor voice. But no matter what mom or grandma says, today you can use your outdoor voice inside. Okay, here we go. I'm talking about the same God who was with Daniel in the lion's den. The same God who is with you when you can feel the breath of the lion circling you. I'm talking about the same God who was with Peter when the waves and the wind attracted his attention and he began to sink. The same God who is with you when you begin to focus on the storm around you. I'm talking about the same God who empowered David and guided that stone to take down the giant in front of him. The same God is with you as you face the giants in your life. Awesome. I'm talking about the same God who was with the prodigal as he was surrounded by pig slop and thought he had lost it all. The same God is with you as you look at and feel stuck in stinking circumstances. Yes, and I'm talking about the same God who was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the heat was seemingly unbearable. The same God is with you as you feel like the fire around you is about to take you down. Oh, and I'm talking about the same God who was with the woman caught in adultery, who felt accused and shunned by everyone. The same God is with you when you feel like you've blown it and are all alone. Listen carefully. I'm telling you that the same God is with you in this moment and will be with you tomorrow and forever. The exact same God. Jesus, thank you for the confidence we can have to stand for you and with you. Lord, may you empower us. May there be courage flowing this week to stand for you. And Lord, that means some right now need to confess that they haven't. And accept your forgiveness. Lord, may we be transformed rather than conformed this week. May we stand as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say with clear voices, even if it doesn't go our way, even if the news is not great, we will not bow. So Lord, this week, May we stand for you so that others may be drawn to you. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen.